This is Forum as we continue talking with, well, I brought him back. We had you here in, in uh, November, I believe, uh, Eric Pineapple Weber, CEO of Union Gospel Mission. And back then, uh, I told you on, on the program that every winter we have somebody that freezes to death in Sioux Falls. And you said at that time there was already was two. Now we had one here in the last week, um, froze in the stairwell of a parking ramp. Um, you know these people. Yes, I know these people. Tell us, uh, you know, there's been 95 deaths, they said, from the frigid storm that went through, but most of those were from car accidents and power lines falling down and, and other causes. But um, people, you know, hypothermia, uh, I was just looking online, and it says uh, under 29.5 degrees Celsius, the cerebrum stops working, and death from cold is almost certain. Now, most of these people, uh, and I think most people would, would probably think that they were drinking alcohol. Yeah, they they have alcohol issues and problems, and um, the guy recently that was passed away, um, he definitely had an episode. He was being taken care of, and he was in a good, safe place, but then he disappeared. And when he disappeared, people went looking for him, and they just didn't know where he was. Now, is it the alcohol that causes them to just kind of sleep, or is it the hypothermia? I think it's the alcohol. I think they just drink so much where they pass out, and then hypothermia sets in. I mean, because mm-hmm. when you're that loaded, I don't think you can feel the the, the coldness. It keeps your body warm, and it you know kind of like breaks your system down. So as they pass out from alcohol, then, of course, they're in a cold. If it's minus 30, they're going to freeze. Well, yeah, the wind chill, even. Mm-hmm. Um I guess you can dig yourself into a cave in the snow or that type of thing, you know, as far as survival uh, aspects. But a total of more than 19,000 Americans have died from cold-related causes since 1979. Each year, more than 100,000 people die from cold in the United States and 13,000 in Canada. Uh, from 1999 to 2011, a total of 16,911 deaths in the United States, an average of oh, 1.301 per year. Uh, no, 1,301 per year associated with exposure to excessive natural cold. Uh, so this is nothing new. But the percentage-wise, 95 died from this storm in the nation, three in Sioux Falls uh, this winter. Um, per capita, that doesn't, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're a growing modern city. What can we do? Because, you know, like I said in the program last November, somebody's going to die out there. Mm-hmm. And every year it does. Yeah. Um, there's no bathroom downtown. They lock up the bus depot. It's, I mean, it's hard to get in the bathroom with the bus depot. You got to get a key from somebody that's behind plate glass if they're in there. Right. And so there's really, you know, the Union Gospel is one, uh, Salvation Army, um, other places, uh, you know, that people can go in. But if they're drinking or uh, under the influence of drugs, uh, many times they get refused. Yeah, well, well, it's a Union Gospel Mission. We're a dry facility. So mm-hmm. the reason why we have that is because if people are struggling with alcohol and a guy comes in smelling like alcohol, it actually triggers a bunch of other people yeah. off. And so what we're doing is, like, we have the link downtown. So if they are intoxicated or whatever, we can get them to the link and help them out. If the Bishop Dugley's full or whatever's going on over there, um, we I send teams out looking for people 
um, on the streets or that need a safer place to stay. And so as we go looking and we find folks, uh, we ask them, are you willing to get better? Are you willing to give it a try? And so we're trying to bring stability into their lives where there's chaos. This last one, uh, what was his name? I think he just had his funeral. Black Bear. Black Bear. It was his family that had to go out looking for him. Yep. Nobody else was. Yep. Uh, And the family couldn't find him until it was reported that he had passed away. Uh, They don't feel any pain. I guess they just fall asleep and... I'm not too sure of the situation, but he was in a freezing stairwell. And when you're in a freezing stairwell and you're intoxicated and you fall asleep and you have no way to keep yourself regulated, so stuff is going to happen. I, I mean, even when you're in the ocean, and I remember when I was younger surfing in Hawaii, um, the water was so cold one time, I came out with purple lips and, you know, and I was shaking and not knowing what was going on. And my, 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 my brain was not functioning very well. And so I didn't, and this is in Hawaii that the water was so cold. And so I didn't even know um, what to do, but I bundled up in a towel and got warm and, you know, drank some hot cocoa and it was good. Well, you know, these deaths, like I say, a lot of places it's because of a fallen tree, a traffic accident or, you know, something that they didn't expect, but to have people walking around and then just, uh, is it, they don't care. I think when you're under the influence, you just don't know. I don't think it's that you don't care. You just don't know. You know, I mean, if you're a drinker and you're drinking every day and your idea is to get drunk so you can stop feeling the pain, um, I just think you just stop feeling, period. Well, Governor Andy Bashir of Kentucky put out a statement last week saying, everyone... Take time today to check on your family, friends, and coworkers and make sure that they have what they need to stay warm and safe. I guess, is that kind of what we need to do is these people aren't going to do it themselves. Uh, They fall through the cracks and they die. If you see somebody in need, help them. Pretty simple. But some people would say, well, they work the system. They, they, They fall downstairs on purpose so they can get picked up by an ambulance, you know, that type of thing. Uh, But these people aren't doing that. No, they're just trying to live their lives the best they can. And, you know, unfortunately, we do have homelessness in Sioux Falls and we do have people with alcohol problems, but it doesn't make them any worse of a person. They're people. And so what we need to do is look out for one another. I think if we did more of that and looking out for one another and talking to your neighbors, getting to know your neighbors where your neighbor can call you when they don't have food in their house is, is a good thing. But I think in today's society, where a lot of people are too proudful to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, pride comes in and they don't want the help or they don't want to help or people are too busy or that's not my business. And that guy's laying there in the snow about to die. But, you know, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. In the summer, it's the other extreme. If you get up 100, 105 or whichever, they set up, you know, safe places uh, yep. in schools or gymnasiums or something like that. Do we need to do that uh, for the extreme cold? We do. The mission does it. We have a day room that we're, we allow people to come in. We have mercy night, which means you don't even have to check into our program or come in, check into the mission. You can just stay there the night, be warm. We give you a cot. We don't let you sleep on the floor. Everybody's like, just put them on the floor. And we're like, no, that's no dignity. Mm-hmm. The floor is not dignity. So what the mission does is we try to buy cots. So when we have 
extra people, we can put them on those cots in our sanctuary. And it's basically where we do chapel. And we just move people, move tables and put people in. And so we're available. We want people to come in. Um, but a lot of times they refuse it. Well, this program runs on six different stations on Sunday mornings, some early, uh, different times. Uh, Kello AM is like at 8.30. Uh, uh, KWSN is at 8 o'clock. Uh, Kello FM is like 7.30. So people get up there, you know, sometimes they use the radio as an alarm clock. They're having breakfast. They're taking a shower. They're going to church. Mm-hmm. What can they do when they get to church to say, okay, what can we do? Can they, like you, you yourself, you go out and walk around a couple blocks and check everything every night. I do. I do it all day long. I, I take breaks within the day and I drive around, I walk around, I make sure that people are okay. Um, if we do something beyond what we um, are capable of, maybe we can save a life. Because I think a lot of times we don't take the time to look around. We only see what we want to see and we only do what we want to do. But if it's a bigger picture, like if your mom was out in the cold, you'd bring your mom in. If your son was in the cold and you couldn't find your son, you would look for your son, right? And so those people that passed away, they were somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's uncle, you know, maybe somebody's father. I don't know. But, you know, now they're no longer with us and it's not anybody's fault, right? I mean, it happened. But could it be that if we took a little bit of time and cared about our neighbors that it would not be so bad all the time. Well, I put up on Facebook, I said, you know, too many people die in Sioux Falls of, of severe weather. Um, and, you know, the fact that it's three, uh, there was one that got hit by a, a, a car, a car. Yes. near your, your mission. That would be mm-hmm. four. Um, and there might be others that we don't know about, but uh, uh, the fact that we do know uh, three is, is way too many for a city the size of Sioux Falls. Within a mile from the mission? Yeah. Now, I mean, okay, if somebody uh, has a, uh, they've been doing this, they've been staying outside for, you know, not just the cold weather, they've been doing it for quite some time and getting by, but um, the, I don't know, if, if you see somebody doing that, is there some way you can get them to be where the, the city uh, can put them someplace, social services of some kind for their own safety? I wish there was. I mean, you can call non-emergency and they can pick them up and take them places, but sometimes they refuse that too. Um, Because they've done it more time. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and so it's, I don't know if the city can do what they do. We are their, we're the city's partners. Like we don't collect any government funding and um, we help the city. I mean, so the mission is there to help the city. Um, We're all on donation based with private donors and stuff like that. But we are not, the city's not really helping us. We're helping the city. And as we do that, and as we're taking care of uh, the citizens of Sioux Falls, what we're trying to do is make sure that people are cared for, loved, and safe. Well, I, I remember uh, I used to live in my grandfather's house up uh, uh, about where 17th and 1st Avenue. He was a few blocks from downtown. And going out, and there was a guy sleeping in the bushes. And, you know, I called Fran. Yes. Um, but what do you do? You can't go out there and physically, you know, move him. I mean, do uh, you get in trouble doing that? Well, I have a team now that does that. So we have a we have a community. It's called Community Health Workers, and so and myself, we go out and we actually start looking, mm-hmm. and we ask the questions: How can we help you get inside, and how can we help you to get better? You know, and a lot of them they, they really don't want it, but then those ones that do want it, 
it is such a game changer to watch a young man or a young lady just change their life because somebody smiled and said, can I help you? They probably are the invisible people. They um, think they are. They but think they are. Yeah. People see them and point and go, whoa, don't ever turn out to be like that. Um, so they're not really invisible. They're just discarded. Not to be a stereotype, but uh, many of these are Native American. Yeah. I mean, they, it's a Native, It's the culture, right, down here. And a lot are Native American, and, um, and then there's a lot that's not. So it's probably 50-50. I want to get a hold of the uh, lady that does the murder and missing persons uh, on the reservations and have her on this program, too. Because, like you say, there is a culture. I I remember being at the library, and, and there was uh, quite a few of them in there, and they were bragging about, okay, I've been to this prison and, and that prison, and this prison is better than that. Uh, this is their lifestyle. It's what they know. It's their community. It's... Um when you have a couple of lawyers and they all get together and they have their great lawyer convention, you get all a bunch of lawyers there, right? Mm-hmm. You never get a homeless guy going to a lawyer's convention, just like a medical convention or a dentist convention. These are all people like-minded. And so when you get a bunch of people that are in poverty, they have that poverty mindset. And so they stay in their culture. They stay together. They stay in their clique, right? So they know that they can't, they, they don't think they can roam outside of it. But what they end up doing is staying where they're comfortable, being around somebody like me. Now, with me, I don't care who they are. I don't care if you're a millionaire. I don't care if you're a zero, make nothing. I will spend the time to see if you're okay. In, in my personal opinion, uh, Eric, I, I almost feel like uh, not doing anything is kind of a subtle genocide. By letting them. Yeah, it's, I think sometimes we don't want to get involved because we don't want to cause a problem. Or, I suppose, liability. Mm-hmm. You could get sued or um, you don't know. But like you say, many of these have family. Yeah. And uh, it still happens to, I, I can't think of uh, anything worse than it just simply not care enough to come in out of the cold. Yeah. It's sometimes they just don't want to. And unfortunately, they make up those decisions. We can lead people to water, but we can't force them to drink. We can give them a jacket, but if they're not willing to wear it, then what do you do then? You know, it's it's tough. It's But if you see somebody, I always say, if you see somebody struggling, make the phone call. Dial 911, dial non-emergency. Make the call and say, hey, I see this guy laying face down in the snow. He's not moving. I don't know what to do, but I'm calling you, and he's on this address. I, I remember uh, watching some guy in a wheelchair uh, fall down about three or four steps and out of the wheelchair and lay there, and he had a couple friends with him, and I called 911, and they said, oh, we know who he is. He does this every week when he wants a warm bed. Mm-hmm. And they hesitated to send an ambulance, but finally I, I said, you know, we got to be sure. Um, but that works against it uh in the sense that uh yeah they, they work the system but it's like crying wolf but then when they really need somebody yeah well let's just say this if you're gonna take this spill out of a wheelchair you're really crying out for help so help that person figure it out because today that that guy fell out of the wheelchair and he's rolling around and he goes to a hospital bed this might be the time that he changes his life, right? This might be the time. 
maybe he's done this a hundred times before. And maybe just like people that ever, you know, New Year's resolutions and it says, man, I'm going to do this for New Year's. And then 10 days later, they don't do it. And they're like, okay, well, it's January and I'm going to try it again at the end of January. And, and they do it until March. And then they're like, oh, no, spring's coming and I got to get into this outfit because springtime's coming and I got to. So they're also putting things off and changing it all the time. So they're doing the same thing this other guy's doing. But as soon as you really decide to put your mind to changing and doing something about it and you do it, voila, what a great day it is, right? And maybe those guys that are out there, now there's people out there that are asking for money and holding signs, don't give them money. No. Give them a bottle of water and a candy bar or something, yeah. but don't feed them. Don't feel good about $5 because, you know, they need a safe place. They don't need a quick place. Well, you're very efficient with what you do, and we go into that in more detail at the United Gospel Mission. But um, still, I think if people start to talk about it, to start to think, to look around their neighborhood, uh, who would be in danger? I know I, I see once in a while a police car at our apartment complex, and I'll ask, well, what's going on? Oh, it's a, a medical check. Mm. They hadn't heard from their grandma for quite some time. They just want to see if she's all right. Um, maybe they can put these people on a list of people to go out and, and check them every, every so often. Or, I don't know. That's uh, knowing your neighbors, though, right? So yeah. if you know the rhythm of your neighborhood and you know your neighbors. Nobody knows their neighbors I know, anymore. I know. But you have to be intentional about it, and that's what we do. You know, I know my neighbors. I know our people that stay with us. I know the guests that come in. I know our volunteers that come in. But you have to be intentional. And it, it's basically um, paying attention to things that are around you and seeing things. Because I know for a fact whatever decision I make today – it will uh, it will affect people around me. Well, this this is your career. You worked in Hawaii and at Los Angeles, and of course the colder weather here. But nobody would leave a dog out in the weather we've had in the last couple of weeks, or right? A cat. I mean, that they 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 would go right to it. Or the Humane Society will come and get you. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying is uh, something needs to be done. Uh, Eric, uh, give people how can they get a hold of you and Maybe somebody can come up with some ideas that will save a life because this is the January tour. It seems okay now, but uh, we're going to have some more cold weather. Yeah, come come to the Union Gospel Mission, and it's UGMSiouxFalls.com. Uh, schedule a tour. Let's talk. Let's have this conversation of how we can do better. I mean, as I, if I can if I can afford more staff, I would get more staff. But you know, but it's not it's affordability. We take care of the citizens of Sioux Falls that can't take care of themselves. And we spend a lot. It's about $30 a day per person. Uh, and that's food, clothing, shelter, showers, soap, everything, you know. And so we're basically asking our community to help us so we can help them. And I heard this one phrase, the union gospel is needy. And I said, yes, because our people are needy. You've seen people turn around. I have seen it. I have one working for me. You know, I I have an ex-con, a drug addict that is probably the best worker that for us ever and knows the best thing and helps more people than I possibly can even count on one hand. Well, if the mayor or any of the city council or city officials, police, fire, whichever, uh, uh, you know, first responders, uh, people in, in churches, 
somebody has to have a solution somewhere that uh, we can stop this from happening again. And, and uh, Eric Weber, CEO of Union Gospel Mission, thank you for coming in and talking to us about it. Thank you so much.